Psalms anew, translation in the inclusive language. Yahweh, you are my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures you give me repose, beside restful waters you lead me. You refresh my soul. You guide me in right paths for your name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are by my side. Your rod and your staff give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup brims over. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in your house for years to come. Psalm 23. Now, how many have memorized the psalm when King James Version was the only English version? Uh, you know, the Revised Standard Version has been around a long time. But it seems we keep memorizing from the King James Version and we, and we, we, we repeat it often. So I would like to invite you, if you will, and for those of you who think you have it memorized, don't look at the screen, but I think, um, you see, it's going to be on the screen. So if you've got it memorized, then don't look, don't, don't cheat, and we'll see how it goes. But others of you uh, with me will, will read it, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. You know, I was, I was looking online to see uh, what else was going on in the days that, uh, that this, uh, uh, the King James Version was, was first published? Well, it, it, it turns out that, that Henry Hudson discovered the Pacific Ocean. At least that's what he thought when he went into Hudson Bay. <laughs> it's 1611, uh, 1610, 1611. Uh, yeah, there are countless versions of the Bible um, printed since then. And, and it's, so, it's, so it's hard to choose one to memorize from. And so we keep repeating this, the one from King James that we learned as children. But I encourage you to, to find uh, a translation of the Bible that is, that is comfortable for you, that is meaningful for you, and use that and, and continue to memorize uh, um, important uh, verses like this. God, we ask as we, we come to your word that what is said and what is heard today transform it if necessary so that when, when it enters our heart we hear your word for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. 
Amen. Psalm 23 is an historic favorite. It's another psalm that's attributed to David during his conflict with King Saul, who was chasing him to kill him. While running away like a sheep from wolves, David finds his assurance in God, his shepherd. The more I study this psalm, the more intriguing I find it. Let me give one example. The, the Hebrew word redab, translated as follow in verse 6, is actually more active in meaning and closer to our word pursue. So while running from Saul, David is assured that God is also pursuing him perhaps like a shepherd pursues a a lost or threatened sheep to offer protection, food, and shelter. I can understand why the Hebrews and now the Christians favored Psalm 23. Six verses describe God's character, first like a shepherd and then like a table host, and, and the benefit to us in maintaining a relationship with God and submitting to God. Look at this again. In whatever translation you prefer, God gives, God leads, God refreshes, God guides, God gives courage, God spreads the table, God anoints, God fills one's cup to overflowing, God pursues and God prepares a house in a time of historic change and threat for David and for us. It's clear that God is not passive. Any of these interactions can be transformational. When's the last time you were kept by your worries? Does David, how, do, how does David sleep restfully on, on fresh green grasses when his enemy is out to kill him? Even on rocky ground, being at such peace as to imagine that it is lush, verdant pastures makes the time of rest much more rejuvenating and, and the day ahead less stressful and tense. This alone, there's a clear connection between faith and health and life. It can't be faked to believe that God is watching over me to grant me rest is not something about which I can lie to myself. And the next verse is even more direct. In the translation we read, God leads me beside restful waters and refreshes my soul. Other translation reads that that God restores my soul or restores my breath. And one says God keeps me alive. Ironic, isn't it, that we use this psalm most often in funerals. You know, it's one thing for a 20-something to believe that God keeps one alive. Such a person may not have been tested to the degree that someone much older or through more battles has been. I'm reminded of the popular Clint Eastwood movie, Grand Torino. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, okay, some of you have. Walt Kowalski uh, is an old veteran and widower who is pursued by a young and newly ordained priest who wants Walt to come to him for confession. Walt doesn't respect him because of his untested youth, perhaps. But eventually it's circumstances around Walt that helps him see the eternal truth the priest represents. 
Well, I'm blessed by having lived in some pretty extreme circumstances, and I can say that God has restored my soul at every point of crisis. I have mapped them on a timeline of my life and realized that at every point of crisis, an inspiration guiding me to a new path turned it into a turning point to a life lived closer to God. No engineers in the mission field? Seek ordination. The end of a mission in Korea? Take time to study. Offered a severance package from teaching? You're needed in the local church. Now, if seven decades isn't enough to convince you, listen to my decade, ten-decade mother affirm the same reality. She's convinced from a long life lived well, that someone watches over her. Have you ever been walking where it would be unsafe? Well, I've been beaten in Madison, had two cars stolen in Pittsburgh, had two more stolen in Chicago, and one in Wauwatosa two years ago. (laughs) Wauwatosa. And three cars hit by careless drivers, One totaled when I was driving it, and yet I'm not afraid. I've lived for years on a mud floor. My suitcase of souvenirs was stolen on my journey back from India. Three of six mailbags when returning from Japan never arrived. My house in Racine was broken into, and now I sold my writing desk. J.R. and I have been so poor when we were in advanced degree programs that we would stop at toll booths on the, free, on the interstate and pick coins off the ground to pass through. And yet, there is nothing I want except to do God's work. Our daughter... Anna spent a summer in Cameroon, West Africa, as a high school senior. She got so sick at one point, she thought she would not be able to return home, and a call home was cut off, so her mother also became helplessly concerned, sustained only by faith. Another time, Hannah was walking late in the day from her service at the public health office there in Cameroon. A taxi driver who had seen her daily stopped to give her a ride when he saw someone trailing her. She is fine, unhurt, and healthy, and her interest in public health has been affirmed, so she is now studying for her master's in public health at Johns Hopkins. It doesn't always turn out this way. Sometimes there is hurt and sometimes death. But Jesus showed us even in death, there is an open door. Consider the verse about the table being spread before me in the presence of my enemies. Table has both physical and sacred meaning in Old and New Testaments. In Exodus, as the Hebrews were living in tents in the wilderness, God gave instructions to the temple leaders to set a table with bread and wine. Even the dimensions of the table are given, and the bread is called the bread of presence, referring to the presence of God. And it was only to be eaten by the priests 
In this psalm, God is setting a table for David to consume in the presence of his enemies. I wonder if Jesus had the Exodus and this psalm in mind when he set the table for his disciples with bread and wine to be consumed by them, by us. At our sacrament of communion, we consume the bread of presence, the bread meant for priests. Did you notice in the baptism today, we are baptized in the priesthood of all believers. David experienced in in God what, what Jesus ritualized for us, the invitation to the table that Christ set for us. There's no one standing between us and God. We are the Levites, the priests. Don't take this role lightly. In verse 6, David says God's goodness and kindness follow him. The word for kindness is hesed. It can mean love or mercy. So God's goodness and love are pursuing David all his life. And here, as he is being chased by Saul, he is invited to live in the house of God forever. I humbly confess that there are times I think of people not as those who God loves, but but in judgment about how I would think or decide or act differently. But even in those times, God pursues me either in my quiet times or by faithful colleagues and mercifully corrects me. That correction is a blessing. It's not always being in easy being in relationship with God. Jesus said as much as someone wanted to follow him and he said the son of man has no place to lay his head. Things get stolen. People are threatened. Betrayal and denial from one's closest friends occur. Death occurs. Some are called to play certain roles that society elevates. But being elevated by society, though it looks good, is not a blessing. Such people are often tempted to forget that that God is active and think of themselves as authors of their own success. And then rather than thinking God has them to restore, has, has placed them there to restore justice for all people, they, they become content with beds thick with cotton and foam. And when that happens, they're missing out on the bed God provides of verdant pastures and the rest of faithfulness and mercy. There are dangers. Follow the shepherd. Don't go off by yourself walking where it is silly to walk alone. At times, Jesus walked away from Jerusalem and David fled Saul and Absalom when the risk was great. Yet, journeying through life, one does encounter crisis. And even then, Follow the shepherd. The shepherd who loves and actively cares for you. 
confident in the knowledge that the crisis is not the end of the line, but a turning point, a door to a new way that brings us ever closer to God, who pursues us in goodness and mercy. Get to know the voice of your shepherd. It will be the end of wanting. God, I pray for our church. The world needs people. The world needs a church that is not ashamed to say we love you. Not afraid to reach out to all people all people with your love and find in them your image. Bless us. In the name of Jesus, amen.